Hey, it's Ty coming from the uh, Brona Sports Library and uh, got my book here on this uh, game that changed games. Game, I'm sorry, Games That Changed the Game. And it's by Ron Jaworski with Greg Cosell and David Plouch. And the copyright, I believe, is 2010. Let's make sure I'll we'll open it up and look. Great book, that's for sure. And um, the book is 2010 by Ron Jaworski, copyrighted. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pick up where I left off at. I believe it's uh, I believe it's, this is on the right page. And uh, yeah, I studied quite a few games for this book and saw a lot of things that surprised me. Both tactically and athletically. But nothing I could watch was more shocking than what happened to the Chargers in the third quarter of their 90, of their 80 game against Oakland. And it was 15 minutes of the football. They turned the ball over five times. Four interceptions plus a lost fumble. That the, that the Raiders recovered for a touchdown. In spite of this meltdown, San Diego incredibly trailed by only a touchdown heading into the final quarter. Part of it was a strong response by the Chargers' defense. It also didn't hurt San Diego that Oakland kicker Chris Barr missed a pair of field goals. For all of both, four interceptions were his fault. In a, in a couple of cases, his passes could have been caught but bounced off receivers' hands. I should say not all of both's four interceptions were his fault. Other times, it was Oakland's pass was the only way you could really stop us was to put the beat, to put the heat on Dan, on Dan, explained Charlie Joyner. You had to find a way to pressure him where he couldn't set up and get rid of the ball quickly. You had to break his rhythm some kind of way. Even after that happened, both possessed the most important talent a quarterback can possess, resilience. Both was a rough, tough sucker and admitted to knowing that you beat up on him and he'd just just get that pissed off. The more you hit him, the better he got. Even though during the stretch, Coriel's offense was bad as bad as I've ever seen it, there were a number of plays involving Winslow that I found revealing. On a majority of snaps, including the one that that allowed the Raiders to force and recover a fumble, that run, that run it in for a, for a score. The silver and black were silver black was in nickel covers. Defending the San Diego passing game was clearly the priority because the Chargers had decided to junk their very unproductive running game. But let's be clear: Oakland's use of the nickel defense was detected primarily by the. Primarily by the circumstance. So down in distance, not the Chargers personnel. What do you see nickel or dime coverage today? It's almost always in, in response. It's always, always in response to additional receivers in the formation. In September 1980, the concept of having even three wideouts, let alone four, wasn't yet in part of the game. Although 
Coriel would seize them, seize upon this tactic within just a few weeks of the game. After team made a significant, after the team made a significant trade. During this disastrous third quarter, Kellen made still made two fine. Kellen still made two fine receptions. And would have uh, had a third for a low throw from fouls forced by Oakland pressure. The first catch was a 10-yard completion with Winslow aligned as the ex-receiver against base personnel. Once again, Mike Davis was giving Kellen a 10-yard cushion out of necessity, according to, according to Millen. When you, were, when you were drafting a safety back then, you just didn't say, is this, is this guy the good player to draft? It's just, <clears throat> that's because these conditions simply didn't exist. He wasn't asked to do what receivers like Winslow forced on them. Winslow ran a quick five-yard, five-yard hitch and had additional room to run, adding another five yards before Davis tackled him. Winslow off others' reception was a real stunner for me. Again aligned as the X receiver with Joyner on the slot on the left side. On the left, I'm sorry. And the left adjacent to Jefferson. Kellen ran a traditional wideout route. The skinny post similar to the traditional post pattern had been cut off but at a shallower angle. Tight ends back then just didn't do this kind of thing. It was it was as it was beautifully run time to play as the Chargers can ran all game. Dan had free snap Dan had free snap read, recall Winslow. He knew where I was going to go. It was based on the advantage it was based on the coverage he saw. It was a their fifteen to eighteen yard route. You plan a twelve yard you plan a twelve yard makes the catch at fifteen. And hope to break a tackle. He broke one alright. The route may have been a traditional wide receiver's pattern, but what happened next was standard tight end fair of the era of the era. After catching the ball in stride, Winslow ran over free safety, Burgess Owens and, and rumbled for another twenty two yards. Although neither catch had, neither catch led to anything other than the eventual Chargers turnovers. Both foreshadowed what Winslow was going to account accomplish in the rest of the game, contributing as one of the most fantastic finishes of the of an, any contest in Coriel in the Coriel era. Well, what I'm thinking is that. Thinking about how difficult sometimes it is for receivers to be able to uh, get the yak as yards after catch. And I'm thinking about, especially about uh, tight ends, and uh, even to this day, even to this day, it's hard for them to, uh, you know, they usually just catch the ball and fall down. But 
You know, that's one of the things you see the you see the uh, tight ends drafted higher up that can make that big play. I mean, that's obvious, but that's the way it is. And uh, you know, it's hard to uh, it's hard to take a look at the uh, at the game today and realize that. The tight ends were a glorified tackle in the 70s and 80s. It's hard to see that. Um, but this is a, uh, this was the, you know, this is becoming, as I would say, the Colin Winslow era. So everybody was, you know, people, teams were looking for, for a tight end that could actually, you know, run across the middle, make that catch, run a couple guys over. And you know, and be able to uh, be able to run at a pace that uh, a wide receiver ran at, and that was what I. That's what I. And uh, that's what I interpreted it too as the as the game has gone on. Um, there's been a lot of good receivers over the past years, and uh, you know, the guys that I'm thinking of today, like Zach Ertz and uh, Zach Ertz, guys from. Uh, Guy with the Eagles. He was with the Eagles, uh, and then he went to the Cardinals. I'm thinking about him because you know he could he could get open, but he could also run. He could also run over a couple of guys. Uh, Travis Kelsey comes to mind for the Chiefs, and he was just he's been he's just been great. The guy that really comes to mind is uh, George Kittle. George Kittle's an absolute stud. And, you know, and he's been fun to watch. You know, uh, he's grown up a lot ever since Iowa. And going to the 49ers, he's really taken on a whole new different dollar on uh, defenses. You know, they feel pressured to to, uh, be up against him. But that's what I've seen, and that's what I've, you know, and that's what uh, Kelsey's a hell of a player. You know, it seems to be that Kelsey is the uh, is Mahomes' favorite receiver right now with the uh, with the Chiefs, and you know it's it's because the guy's always open, and you know he doesn't run. He's not going to run a deep route for it, but he's going to run a. Uh, but his thing is to run a, is to run a short route, you know, five seven yards. And he's going to catch the ball and he's going to run some people over. And I don't know what it is about Iowa, but. Uh, Talking about the, uh, George Kittle and uh, and Fant Bont, the uh, tight end who he's played for Denver. Um, they had some really good tight ends. And they got one, they have one this year too that's coming out. So, anyways, what I'm saying is that that uh, the, the corn they're eating in the Midwest is, uh, is being producing some big time tight ends from Iowa. Um, yeah, this is a uh, T.J. Hawkinson is another one from Iowa. He's playing from Minnesota, but he started out with Detroit until about half point of the season to trade generally, and they traded him off to to, uh, to Minnesota. And he's he's already got 55 catches. That's crazy. Oh, so anyways, that's what's going on. And that's what I'm thinking about, and that's what I'm thinking about getting back, reading, uh, going back into the. Uh, Come back into the fourth quarter here. 
Coriel had abandoned the running game in the third quarter, but decided to give it one more try as the fourth quarter began. Halfback Hunters Williams ran or caught the ball in each of the San Diego's first four plays, accounting for the 35 errors and a pair of first downs. On the next call, Fouts overthrew Winslow on a deep post pattern, but a Raider penalty moved the ball up five yards. Two plays later, Kellen lined up as an ex-receiver with Joyner and Jefferson on the other side and split backs behind Fouts. The Raiders went to a nickel personnel, with, which once again put McKinney over to Winslow. Oakland played a man coverage scheme and accounted for Winslow with two t- two defenders. Davis and McKinney played what we call a bracket concept. In and out, deep to short coverage. Winslow ran an ex-delay underneath pattern at about 10 yards. Where McKinney forced Kellen towards Davis in the inside. The third-year safety, a second-round draft pick out of Colorado, tried to stay with him but slipped and fell. Winslow caught the pass at uh, 15 and ran untouched into the end zone to tie the game at 17. And then touchdown, I was going to side to weak. I was going to backside to weak side. Winslow remembered. Oakland wanted to put pressure on the quarterback. So we knew what defensive coverage they were already. They were, I'm sorry, they were in almost every play. After an end zone interception by Glenn Edwards to stop an Oakland drive, Winslow made a huge impact on San Diego's next series. In second and ten, Coriel had. When Coriel had Kellen lined up as the next receiver, this time on the left side of the formation. The Raiders went to Don to nickel coverage, with McKinney shadowing the San Diego tight end. Kellen, Kellen burned him with an inside inside uh, curl route for 11 yards. Oakland continued to stay with a nickel, in essence, removing a run defender where the Chargers took advantage as Williams picked up substantial rushing yards during the drive. To Raiders' dismay, the extra extra man in the secondary wasn't doing much to stop Winslow, who found Jefferson for 11 more yards and then hooked up with Kellen and Winslow again. The the offense, I've said this before, are predicated off the... uh, of what's working for the for the team, for the uh, their offense at that time, you know, like San Diego's offense at that time. The, the offense is starting to fall to find Winslow more and more because he's open. And this was uh, this was in the middle of the defense. So what happens is that you know you can call a trap, you call a draw or a trap right there. And San Diego had a hell of an offensive line too. That's, you know, they could they could block that trap or get that or get the ball in the middle of the field with uh, with Winslow. But that was the thing was to do. You know, you you went to where you went to this, you went to what the defense was allowing you to take. And when he did that, 
you're going to have good results because once they started to uh, protect the middle of the field, the defense, then you would go to the outside. And, you know, and that's the thing that uh, Oakland had a lot of, Oakland had a great team back then, but they were just becoming on the, uh, they were coming on the edge of uh, being, not being so uh, dominant. Even though they did win uh, two more Super Bowls, it sounds silly, but, you know, it seemed like teams were able to exploit their defense a little bit better. No matter who was playing in that game. The, uh, but the Raiders rushed only, I'm going back into the, the reading right now. The Raiders rushed only three times. Dropping eight defenders into coverage. It was an interesting and unusual concept deployed by the defensive coordinator, Charlie Sumner. Davis was over the top safety with future Hall of Fame. Remember Ted, the man, Stork Hendricks, or kick him in the head, Ted Hendricks, and buzzing out his normal linebacker position to throw underneath the uh, Winslow. I'm sorry, to position under to get underneath Winslow. This was zone coverage, but it had it had a double team element in it. It was creative stuff, although none of the uh, None of this mattered to Kellen. He ran an intermediate dig route. Spinning away from the 6'7", 10 Hendricks to catch the ball directly in front of Davis for a 22-yard gain. Winslow gave much of the play credit to both. Dan missed safeties with a pretty darn good, with a pretty darn good bump, pump motion. Kind of like a most pickup move from the pitcher. He had confidence in the receivers that they would be where they were supposed to be. You could also try to double Kellen on certain certain place, taking a chance with simple coverage on, on everyone else, observed Tom Flores. You could have the inside part of the field with a linebacker and have the safety take him from outside. Or you could just try to knock him. You could just knock, try to knock the crap out of him. He was a tough guy. He took the shots. He had getting up and making more plays. Even as he was beating on you, he couldn't help but admire what a great athlete Williams was. At this point, the Raiders revered up to base personnel to try to stop San Diego's suddenly vibrant running attack. It didn't work. The Chargers had found short... The Chargers had found their rhythm on the ground. And five straight running plays can eventually put San Diego in the end zone to take a 24-17 lead. On four of those plays, Winslow lined up as a controversial tight end. It blocked efficiently. On the final call, he aligned wide right, taking defenders with him on the short route as Cornish Williams swept around the vacated area to score the go-ahead touchdown. When, you know what, San Diego too, it's like, you always think of San Diego as being a passing team, but they did a really good job of using the running game in that too. And that's what, uh, that's what I've experienced with 
you know, passing offenses I've been able to have seen in a watch too is that, you know, even though you still have the passing game, you also need that running game to uh, to be able to throw the uh, throw the defense off. So they can't just sit there and key on your passing game. Winslow's influence was evident throughout this final drive. His presence had a uh, profound impact on both San Diego's running and passing game. The Raiders switched back and forth between the nickel and base coverages to try to stop whatever the Chargers and Winslow stop whatever Winslow were doing, but never quite succeeded. From across the field, Tom Flores could do a little more than tip his cap to a talented op- opponent. The NFL is a is a copic is, is I'm sorry. The NFL is a copycat league. He noted, and people would say, "Did you say that?" Maybe there's a way our way t- can do to that too. Then I say, "We didn't have that guy. We did have Raymond Chester. It was more of a power type tight end." block your head off and then catch the ball downfield and outrace you to the end zone. Nowadays you see more tight ends like Winslow and a fewer like Chester. At that at that moment though the Raiders were mighty glad they had they had Raymond Chester in the lineup because it was his touchdown reception with 30 Nine seconds remaining. That tied the game at 24, sending the contest into overtime. The Chargers won the toss in overtime, but gave the ball back to their fiery to the fiery free play. I'm sorry, on the very first play when false pass was tipped by the Raiders, then caromed off Jefferson's hands to, to Millen for an interception. Oakland ran on its four straight plays before being stopped on a third down pass play. Chris Barr entered hoping to redeem himself after missing four other, four other, block, four other field goals, but he failed for a fifth time. When his kick was partially blocked, allowing San Diego to take over on his own 33. Falls opened the drive with a pass to Williams for 11 yards, but then Clarence was dropped for a six yard loss on the next play. Facing second and 16, the Chargers split ones left as the ex receiver marched up against Kim McKinney. Kellen cleared out the middle by running to his left, essentially carrying two defenders with him. This left Joyner with single coverage and the crafty veteran beat his man for man, band man, I'm sorry. Joyner with a single coverage, crafty veteran beat his man for a 28 yard gain. It was another example of the precise timing. That was a half, it was a hallmark of Air Coriel. Charlie is the first re- technician wide receiver I ever played against. I ever played with in State of Falls. 
He ran his pattern precisely and correctly every time. His speed running down the field was very similar to my speed setting up in the pocket. So when I hit my fifth step, he hit his fifth step down the field. The ball was on his way. His head would turn, the ball would be there. Three three straight runs from John John Campoletti got the Chargers to the Raiders 24. On third down, Winslow set up close to the right tackle on the line of scrimmage with Jefferson on the left slot and Joyner, Joyner outside. Oakland countered with base personnel. Winslow released and ran toward the sideline, taking Davis with him. Joyner slanted inside, leaving Jefferson in one-on-one coverage against Lester Hayes. Well, 13 interceptions led the league that that led the league that year. Jefferson broke to the corner and made a spectacular leaping catch directly over Hayes. I caught it even though I was looking right into the sun. I was on the ground, and for whatever reason, Hayes just stopped. So I simply rolled into the end zone, and the referee put his arms in the air. The partisan crowd erupted as Jefferson bounced up off the turf to celebrate the winning score. J.J. wasn't the fastest. He wasn't a burner, but he had body control and great hands, said Bauer. Jefferson was one of the few guys in the NFL who could take a judge a judge to court. He used to beat Lester Hayes down, and it would just drive Lester the molester crazy. We loved it. We fed off it. And this time, it, was, it got us a W in overtime. Going back through my notes, I counted Winslow with lining up with the X receiver on 27 of the 78 snaps from scrimmage. That means Kellen was performing as a wide receiver on 35% of the team plays. Forget that this outstanding total for 1980. You wouldn't even see so many as alignments for any of this kind of uh, NFL today by Dallas Clark or Antonio Gates, both are they, both are going both are in the Hall of Fame or going in the Hall of Fame. San Diego thirty to twenty four overtime victory was in a historical context. Kellen Winslow coming out party, the way he was deployed that afternoon by Coriel was unlike anything ever witnessed in the NFL game. Two weeks after defeating the Raiders, the San Diego traded for New Orleans running back Chuck Muncy. He may have been the most gifted running back ever to play the game, according to Bauer. As a Charger announcer, I've watched every one of the Londanian Tomlinson's carries. I've seen Barry Sanders, Marcus Lamb, Allen, Emmett Smith, O.J. Simpson, you name them. And I still say Chuck is the baddest runner I've ever seen. He'd have been the most... He'd have been the best of all time. If he'd stayed out of trouble off the co- off the field, just imagine what he would do. Just imagine what he would do now, with Kellen three wides and a back like Muncie. The defense tried to shut down our passing game with six defensive backs, their safeties dropping, and just one linebacker. They're all going out wide, covering Kellen and the other wide receivers. We just run the stretch play all day, and Muncie would kill them. 
what he's talking about. He's talking about having the wide receivers do vertical routes and the tight end, and then leaving the uh, so they get the safety, so you get the linebackers out of there and take have the safety you have to go into coverage and stretch the field. And um, that to me is a uh, that's critical because what that does it just and then if you don't want to account for uh, if you don't want to account for uh, the wide receivers and them doing the stretch route, you're going to get killed. I mean, there's, you're not going to be guarding. You're not going to be anybody guarding the receivers. So it's pretty easy, and that's why they do the, uh, you know, that's why they do the RPOs now. They get run pass option because you can see that coming, and then you can, you know, you have the option to run or pass. And that's why you see these guys, these quarterbacks, they hold on to the ball. An extra couple of seconds to see the field, and if they and if they have a uh, have a good read on what's going on with the defense, then they're able to either run or pass, and um, and it makes a lot of difference. So it's it's very much a it's very much one of those plays when you watch it, you know you know they have to do it quick. They don't have much time, otherwise you're going to get their uh, behind busted up. But anyways, it's. Anyway, I'm going back to the reading story. <laughs> Sorry, but I just give a little analysis of what's going on here. Muncie's arrival handed Coriel Gibbs Sampezi another lethal weapon and sparked even more creative ideas. This led to us to putting numbers, number, putting another tight end in the game, making him the ace back, then putting on different formations all over the place. Explained Gibbs. That was the evolution of one-back offense. Of all the people I ever coached with, Coriel was never afraid to. Coriel was never afraid to try anything. He was very progressive. And let his coaches try any idea. Among those other suggestions were all kinds of personnel shifts and pre-stamp moves that totally baffled the San Diego opponents. I'm thinking about the, uh, those future Redskins teams with uh, that they had with John Riggins and Joe Washington as running backs, and uh, they had they had good tight ends, but they're marginal and uh, very much uh, mediocre. You know, they had Clint Didier and uh, Rick Walker, and uh, you know guys that were. Guys that were uh, one of the big, the big guy that though was Don Warren, Don Warren out of San Diego State, and he was pretty decent. He was probably, he was one of the lead tight ends. But the the wide receivers they had on that those Washington teams is uh, is remarkable because they had Art Monk and Ricky Sanders and uh, Art Monk, Ricky Sanders. And, uh, you know, they had later they had Gary Clark. Um, they had guys that put up a lot of stats. And these guys were the Smurfs. And, um, you know, they had, uh, they had a good team. But they also had some good, uh, they also had a good defense, too, that kicked some serious ass. And, you know, you know, that was... I'm just going to say, too, is that that one-back offense, that's where they had the H-back came in. You know, that's why they had so much, uh, 
And if nobody else has told you they love you today, I do. Thanks. Hi, it's Todd coming to you from the uh, Sports and Spirituality Review Library in Verona, Wisconsin. Thank you, Anchor.